0: There's a message, true
1: and glad, for the sinful and the sad.
0: Ring it out, ring it out, ring it out. It out. It will give them courage new, it will
1: help them to be true.
0: Ring it out, ring it out,
1: ring it out, ring it out, ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy, and I'm so glad you could be here with me today well today I want us to talk about wising up time to be wise about life you know I all of us carry with us the, the, um uh, the collective wisdom you know passed on to us by people we've been most significant that have been most significant in our lives we picked up this wisdom from maybe our parents or our friends teachers coaches all the people who shaped and mold us as we're growing up. Some of this wisdom is helpful, but some of it's just plain wrong. For example, one motto that a lot of people live by and grew up being taught this or told this is, look out for number one. And we know what that means. That, that means if there, if something's going wrong and things are going bad, you you better take care of yourself. Don't you worry about all these other folks, get yourself squared away. And I'm not talking about taking care of number one first as in, the, you know, you're on the airplane, the, the air masks come down. You know, the, you're supposed to put that on yourself first so you can help the, your child next to you. You're only helping yourself because you're trying to enable yourself to be helpful to another. But when you're looking out for number one yourself, you are number one. And if that hurts other people, well, so be it. And that's the kind of attitude a lot of folks have. Or maybe, maybe this one. If it feels good, do it. Right? A lot of folks live by this rule. But that has uh, led to marriages just crumbling apart. What kind of wisdom, what kind of wisdom did people pass on to you? What kind of motto uh, from your coaches or parents or teachers that really shaped and molded you into who you are today. I'm sure much of it's good, but some of it's probably bad. Part of being an adult is sorting through that stuff and keeping the truly wise and rejecting the unwise. It is time to be wise about life. God has given us a whole lot of his wisdom in many many ways. And actually, let's start, let's start by defining exactly what wisdom is. According to the dictionary, wisdom is the ability to discern what is true or right. It has uh, both moral implications. that's discerning what is right and intellectual implications. That's discerning what's true. The Hebrew word translated wisdom in the Bible, uh, hakama, uh, usually refer, refers to some kind of skill or ability, uh, a skill or ability in the in the idea that they are very wise in that. That that being, I can you know put together a table, but it'll be very ugly. People will say, "Well, he knows how to put together a table." Well, is he good at it? Well, no. He's not wise at it. I'm not wise at it. I know people who are wise at that sort of thing, but I am am not. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 19 and 20, says this. The Lord, by wisdom, excuse me, let me uh, back up for a second, 19 to 20. So, the Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens, By his knowledge, the deeps were broken up and the skies dripped with dew. These two verses represent many verses in Proverbs that describe the relationship between wisdom and God's creation. He's kind of using this construction terminology, um, God being like the architect and wisdom being like the builder. Not that wisdom and God are two separate beings, nothing like that, but God is personifying it for us to see something about Him uh, because, you know, well, wisdom isn't just an attribute of God. It's also an attribute of His creation. God put this blueprint, this thumbprint uh, of His of His wisdom into creation. Uh, I'm told that at Disneyland, almost all the rides and attractions have a hidden set of Mickey Mouse ears somewhere in the attraction. Uh, this was uh, the designer's way of putting Walt Disney's thumbprint in, you know, throughout the, the whole place so you would see it and know where it is. But you had to look for it. If you didn't know they were there, you'd probably never notice it. You'd have to look for it. When God used his wisdom to create the world around us, wisdom put her mark on the world. Like the hidden Mickey Mouse ears on every Disneyland attraction, all of God's creation has within it. The fingerprint of God's wisdom. Once you know that, you can start to see that wisdom simply by looking at the world around you. Wisdom is living with the grain instead of against the grain. Wise living is discerning the structure and order that God has built into the world. For example, last week we talked about abortion. Getting an abortion is living against the grain of the established order God has put in place. Homosexuality, that that kind of lifestyle, goes against the grain. You cannot reproduce like that. Life will come to an end. Killing off the babies, life will come to an end. You're moving against the grain of natural order. We know inherently it's wrong to kill innocent babies. It's wrong. You need to be wise. Now, the book of Proverbs that we're looking at here are part of the wisdom literature. So, what exactly are Proverbs? Well, they are actually, there's three books in the Bible that belong to the category. Proverbs, obviously, uh, is a wisdom literature or a song, some people call it. But also, Job and Ecclesiastes But now Job and Cleansiastes, those look at the darker, more cynical side of wisdom. Proverbs are short, memorable sayings whose meanings are relevant to many different situations. If you ever saw the movie Forrest Gump, you would know some Gump-isms, like life is like a box of chocolates, you never know what you're going to get, or stupid is as stupid does. You may be laughing or giggling at that, But those are proverbs. That's exactly what a proverb is. Every society has its own set of proverbs that represent the collective wisdom of that society. Some more examples from our culture. Look before you jump. You know that one, right? Easy come, easy goes. A penny saved is a penny earned. The Bible says, The Bible's book of Proverbs represents the collective wisdom of ancient Israel. And because as Christians, we believe the whole Bible is inspired by God, right? The collective wisdom of Proverbs represents God's angle on wisdom. And it's likely that the book of Proverbs started off as a book to help parents instruct their kids in life skills. You look at those first nine chapters, it's a father instructing his son how to live wisely in the world. But there's also other uh, writers in there, and they write about you know, how to be a good counselor or, or how you ought to be in government and, and things of, of that nature, how to be with your, your wife or how to be a good wife, things of that like that. But we need to be careful. Now We need to remember that Proverbs are guidelines to wise living. These wise sayings are not absolute promises or laws. Now, you may be maybe, maybe cringed a little bit at that, but let me give you a couple of examples from Proverbs. Here's one from Proverbs 15, verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Is that a guaranteed truth all the time? If you give a gentle answer, it will turn away every wrath that could possibly come at you? No, we know that's not true. but It is true most of the time, but it's just a generalization. It's not always true. But all things being equal, it's true in most circumstances. So it makes sense to give a gentle answer when someone's really mad. But this proverb is not a guarantee that a gentle answer will always diffuse anger. Here's another one. Proverbs 10.27 The years of the wicked will be short. True more often than not. But not true in every single case. Most wicked people will end up dying because of the way they live their lives, or because that's that they treat people that way, they're going to treat them that way too. Or if they're wicked, uh, uh, authorities get a hold of them and they'll get detained or put into jail or executed. We know this, but it is not always true. Some wicked people live to a ripe old age. The Ecclesiastes observes that this is not true in every single case. If you ever read through Ecclesiastes, you would know it's not true in every single case. These are generalizations, observations about how life works in most cases. And it's important for us to understand this, especially when it comes to verses about parenting and marriage. Proverbs are wise sayings that are relevant to many different situations, but they're not guaranteed. If you raise your child in the way Proverbs suggests, they're not always going to be raised and, and make the exact right choices all their life. It will set them on the right path, but they will have to make choices on their own. Now let's look at some prerequisites to, uh, about wise living. And the first one, uh, I want to glean it from Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. I think this is the theme of Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So we begin here in this verse with these words, knowledge, wisdom, and instruction. They're all used as synonyms to describe the same thing. And the first word I want us to focus in on is the word fear. The Hebrew word fear can have three meanings, terror, respect, or worship. Clearly not terror. I think it's talking more about having this worshipful attitude toward the Lord. And you see that word Lord there, maybe in your translations, and it's on all cap letters, in the New American Standard that way, and that denotes that it's the Hebrew word for what we call Yahweh. And that is the name of God. Everything else is a title, but this is the name that God gave himself to Israel, and scholars are pretty sure, certain that word means I am. I am. So you put the word fear together with the personal name of God and what you have is a statement that the first principle of wisdom to be a worshiper of the true God, we find this prerequisite. To live wisely, we first need to establish an authentic relationship with God. An authentic relationship with God. We often use the word, well, I'm Let's just look at the, that phrase, fear of Yahweh. It means more than simply acknowledging God in our lives. It refers to a special kind of relationship. This relationship is best described as a covenant relationship, a relationship of mutual trust and commitment. In the Old Testament, this covenant relationship came through the covenant God made with the nation of Israel, through Moses, with Christ. When he came into the world, he opened the doors to all men. So that we can all know God. So before we can seek to live wisely, we need to know the author of wisdom personally. But the reality is that there are a lot of Christians who are not very wise. They lack the kind of life skills we expect from true biblical Christians. Just becoming a Christian does not automatically make you wise there's something you have to do. So let's let's look at the second prerequisite. To live wisely, we need to passionately pursue this wisdom, right? Passionately pursue this wisdom. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. And with all you are acquiring, get understanding. Prize her and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. Passionately pursue this kind of wisdom. How? Well, we start by asking God for the wisdom, right? James chapter one, verse five. We pray to the Lord for wisdom. He doesn't just like you know open up our our heads and plop in all this wisdom. I I wish it were that easy. But if you pray for wisdom, God is gonna put you in in situations and in, in areas where you can glean or gain this wisdom. But you've got to be looking for it. There's a part, he's going to give you the opportunities, but you've got to take the opportunities. And what kind of opportunities are there? Well, number one, first opportunity he'll give you is read your, his word, study it. And you can find all kinds of good, wise nuggets in there. We can also pursue wisdom um, in our observations. And this is the, the key, I think. This is the key. Once you start to get a grasp of the Word of God and you're beginning to grow in wisdom and you're seeing it the way God intends you to uh, see and understand it, then you can take those skills that you learn there in the Word and apply it to the things you observe in life. And most of the Proverbs work like this. For example, and I could turn to a whole host of them, but I like this one, Proverbs 24, because you'll know this, this verse, I want to first, first I, want to, I want to read verse um, 33, and then I'll go back and give you the context, because you'll recognize verse 33. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. You've probably heard that before. Here's the context. I passed by the field of the sluggard, and by the vineyard of the man lacking sense. And behold, it was completely overgrown with thistles, its surface was covered with metals, and its stone wall was broken down. When I saw, I reflected upon it. I looked and received instruction. You see what the writer's saying? He's observing something. He saw this, and he went home, and he pondered about this, and then he, he came up, up with this, this little proverb, this wise saying. A little sleep a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then your poverty will come as a robber and your want like an armed man. There it is. That is observation. And there are all kinds of things we can observe in this life and learn something from it, positive and negative. This past Sunday good friend of mine here, a member of the Body of Christ here at North Valley, Ron Armstrong, passed away Sunday morning around 4 in the morning. He had left behind his wife. Uh, he, was not, he was not too old. He was in his 50s, maybe 60, but I think he was in his 50s. His wife, uh, two kids, his, his two oldest are in college, three more still staying at home, the youngest being 12 years old. He uh, got diagnosed with uh, melanoma about six months ago. Passed away this Sunday. When, when I, my wife, Jenny, when we uh, had our, our kids about six, seven years ago, uh, first thing I started to do was read the Bible. I needed to get caught up on how to raise kids. And when I began to glean some wisdom, I began to observe other parents. And I loved the way uh, Jake and Gabby and Travis uh, uh, behaved, and the other kids there, uh, Cole and Reagan, and the Armstrong family. So I, I began to observe them and observe Stacy and Ron. I observed them because I knew I could glean some wise things about parenting from them, and not just them. There were other parents as well, but them. We were Jenny and I were close uh, to them. It's a it's a true loss for us to. Uh, to lose Ron so so quickly and early. We need to observe. I think that's a big part of wisdom. One that we overlook quite a few times. That's something we ought to be doing more of. That's, and looking here at Proverbs 24, 32 to 34, that's how most of the Proverbs came. From careful observation combined with reflection. So observe the world around you. Watch how people respond. What kind of consequences come from certain actions? So the second prerequisite is to passionately pursue wisdom. Now, back over in chapter 4 of Proverbs. Let me get back over there in my Bible. Chapter 4, dropping down to verses 18 and 19. It says, But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they will stumble. So let's look at that first verse there in verse 18. This is the um, going to be the next prerequisite, but let me tell you a little bit about this verse here. So he starts off there in verse 18, the path of the righteous. The path of the righteous is not righteous because the righteous are on it, because the person's righteous. It is going in the right way, going in the direction that God intended you to go walk. Moving in that direction it makes you consistent with the things of God and His Son and that's righteousness. When you're not going in that direction, then you're going in the path of wickedness. It's not that the person's wicked, but they're on the path of wickedness. That's what we mean when we tell folks that homosexuality is a sin. That is the path of wickedness. It's not that you're wicked, but you're on a path leading in that direction. Get away from it. Get out of it. It Its end is destruction. Don't be part of that. And so here in verse 18, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It's when you're walking down and the sun's not up, but you can tell from from the sky and, and the light around, the sun's coming. You're beginning to glean and observe things a little clearer. It's still a little dark. But there's enough light where you can see a few things. and So you're gaining a little bit of knowledge and wisdom. And as you continue to walk in that direction, the light gets brighter and brighter until you have some pretty good wisdom that you can start to see things very clearly. That's wisdom. Being able to see the world from the mind of God. And that's what the proverb writer is saying in Proverbs 4:18. And of course, the way of the wicked is darkness. You're not wise at all. You cannot discern anything because you can't see. Not wise. To live wisely, we need to embrace an accurate moral code. Accurate moral code. Like a compass. In the accurate, and I think a good, accurate moral code, I want to bring up the Ten Commandments. It's not that we live under the Ten Commandments today. But for example, you look at our country, it was Founded on the principles of the Old Testament law, the Ten Commandments. That's where it was, that's what it was founded upon. The Ten Words, the De- the Decalogue. And so, our since our country was founded upon those principles, and those principles were implemented well by the folks. Look at the was everyone in our country or the, the uh, true Christians? Well, no, they weren't. They they respected and loved God, and they strived. So what made this country great was we began to live with the grain in the way God intended us to live in this world by his word and as a result even with boom making some poor choices we were greatly blessed because we were living along the grain the way that God intended us to live in this world and then therefore greatly blessed when you think about success in your life, what kind of picture comes to your mind? Do you picture success as the uh, American dream, owning your own home, having successful kids who finish college, uh, begin upward uh, mobility and have lots of money? Do you picture success as retiring and buying an RV so you can travel around the country? Nothing wrong with any of that in and of themselves. But none of these things ask, what is God's plan in my world, and how can my life plan fit with God's plan? God's plan for the world is to share the good news of His love as it's revealed through His Son, Jesus the Christ. It's to show people that God is real through the words and actions reflected by His Word. To live wisely, we need to redefine what we mean by success. We need to abandon our quest for self-fulfillment and abandon ourselves over to the Christ's fulfillment. We need to find out how God can or has uniquely wired us and how this uniqueness can be used by God to help other people. We need to break out of our consumer mentality and really lay hold of the mind and heart of Christ. We need to build a life plan that's consistent with God's plan. Read and study the Word, glean those nuggets of wisdom, and then you, when you get there, when you start to grow in that that aspect, use that to help you see the wisdom God's given us throughout creation in this world by living with the grain. We must do this. There's a, there's so much going on in this world, and in, and in my mind, in my eye, my eye, it is so wrong. It's not even close to wisdom, and yet so many people believe it's. Oh, that's a good choice. That's wise. Yeah, let's do that. Why? Are you kidding? Are you not even close to being wise in this this world? Look around. Open your eyes and think through these things. Ponder upon them, like the proverb writer in chapter twenty four. Well, I need to go ahead and wrap this up. We'll be back next week on Tuesday, four o'clock here on ten ten a.m. KXXT. Appreciate you being here with us, and remember. Redeem the time. That's the, the title of this program. Redeem the time. Make the most of every opportunity for the days are evil. Observe, read, study, gain the wisdom that God has given us throughout this creation and in His Word, and you will go, do, it'll do go well with your soul. You will grow in the aspects. Of the Christ. Thank you so much. I love you, and so does the Lord. Out. Sin up to sweep away till
0: shadow on the better day. Bring it out. Bring it out, bring it out, bring it out, till the sinful world be won for Jehovah's Mighty Son. Bring it out. Bring it out, bring it out.